Hi, you're listening to Get Site Control Insider, a monthly podcast where we talk about all things e-commerce. The topic of today's episode is the biggest challenges e-commerce brands face today. If you own an online store, and especially if you're using Shopify, stay tuned to learn more. Today, we're welcoming two new guests to our show. Uh, it's Georgia Mangoni, our customer happiness manager at Get Site Control. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hi, Anthony. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. It's good to have you. And Chase Clymer, the co-founder at Electric Eye, the top agency that helps e-commerce brands use Shopify to power their business. What's up, Chase? Welcome to the show, my man. Thank you for coming. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, man. So um, before we get going on everything um, you know, with, the, with e-commerce, tell us a little bit about your agency, you know, how you found yourself getting into this and consulting Shopify store owners, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, once upon a time, I was in a punk rock band and uh, traveled the country and it was a lot of fun, but that did not pay the bills. Uh, so I was freelancing the whole time I was doing that. And actually, I met my business partner through the band. Him and I partnered up on... Uh, we, were, we created my band's album art together like 13 years ago or something. Yeah. And um, so a friendship happened from that. And then uh, obviously, I'm not a rock star. So real life <laughs> happened at some point. And I was like still consulting, still freelancing, doing all that stuff when, uh, when the band kind of hung up their hat. And once he left his uh, job, he was like the third hire at a big vintage directed consumer brand out of Columbus here. Uh, once he left there, he started freelancing a bunch. And just through trying to help educate him, get better at his kind of freelance consulting career and, and whatnot, uh, we started tag teaming uh, some e-commerce projects together. Uh, funny enough, I wasn't really much in the e-commerce space before that. I was more like strategic marketing, paid ads, paid social, things like that. Uh, but we started tag teaming all of these uh, e-commerce projects together. And a lot of them were on Shopify. Um, and it, we must have just struck a chord with how we were trying to help these cust- like these clients and the results that we were getting them. And we kind of like had to start an agency. Uh, so we kind of picked a name out of a hat. It was Electric Eye and the, the, the rest is history. That's awesome, man. What? Uh, okay, so you were so you were in a band. What you paid punk rock? You said, yeah, that's awesome. But based in the band, I, I nice. finally got good about the time we ended. Is <laughs> that's always the way it happened? I will not say I played bass for like a summer in a band, and that was just there was never going back after that. I was done. Um, so, I think my next question to you after listening to that is, you know, and I always ask this to everybody I work with. You know, from when you started to where we are now, you know, in, in today's age in 2022, you know, would you say you think it's easier? It's more challenging? I mean, freelancing has definitely become a way of life. I mean, I know it's changed my entire life and it seems like it's a trend not going away. But do you think it's more challenging or easier to grow, you know, an online store today as opposed to was when you started? Okay. So I, I saw two questions in that. So the first yeah. one is, do you think it's easier or harder today to start a business? I think it's never been easier yeah. to start an online business, especially with the powerhouses like Shopify and, and all those other platforms out there. Mm-hmm. I think the second part of your question, though, is it harder to launch a business today? I, th- I, th- I think, yes, it's harder. It's because there's so much more competition, you have to stand Definitely. out. And that takes hard work. Nobody wants to talk about it. Like it, you, you, there's no such thing as an overnight success. There's no silver bullet in e-commerce. Like you got to put in the work. You got to find product market fit. 
And I think that just with how mature paid ads are these days uh, and what's going on with influencer marketing, you know, just having a strategic way to, to grow your business with marketing is difficult. Yeah. Uh, and you know, five years ago, where all of these crazy case studies and stories of, of bands just striking gold on Facebook and taking that doesn't work anymore. That'll never work again. Right. Uh, just get that out of your mind. It's going to take hard work. No, absolutely. I think you with that, you answered the next question, which would be, you know, what do you think has changed? And I definitely agree. I think the uh, accessibility to um, everyone being able to start their own business with basically mm-hmm. no money has flooded the market, which means when you have a lot of people, right, you have to be able to stand out. Um, so, you know, so yeah, no, so thank you that. Absolutely. Um, what do you think, Joe? It was very insightful. Thank you so much, Chase, for sharing your experience with us. And for those of our listeners who are just getting started with e-commerce, what would you say are the top three beginner's mistakes to avoid? Absolutely. The first one that comes to mind is trying to do everything at once. I feel like uh, everyone's like initial marketing plan is like a shotgun approach to marketing, and they're like, "We're going to do this on social, and we're going to do this blogging. We're going to," and it just is very sporadic. And if everything's important, nothing's important. Nothing's going to be done well. There's not going to be anything with a good strategic thought behind it. So I would say the first thing to do is to you know focus on like a channel that works and maximize that channel um, until you're getting the results that you want. And then you know pivot in one or two other channels, so you're not like putting all of your eggs in one basket or like putting all your risk in one marketing channel. So that'd be like the number one uh, beginner's mistake to avoid is focus. Mm-hmm. You got to focus on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- maybe not so much of a mistake, but a-, a piece of advice would be the second thing here would be like the money never comes as fast or as much as you think it does. <laughs> uh, if you talk to any entrepreneur or business owner. Uh, it, it takes a while and it's a grind. And if you're looking to start an e-commerce business, you know, it's got to be kind of related to something you're passionate about. If you're in this to make money, you're probably not going to be passionate about it and you're going to give up. Uh, you know what I mean? But if it's something you're truly passionate about, if your product solves a problem for people uh, that you really care about, like, you know, you'll you'll be willing to put in those long hours and you'll be willing to fail repeatedly uh, and to try to learn from your mistakes. And I think that uh, the last one I kind of already just alluded to in, in my last statement is just like, I think when people fail for the first time, they just give up. And that's, yeah, that's, you can't do that with any type of business, e commerce or consulting or even like starting a service business, like a long, like you're going to fail. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, the mistake is letting that happen and then just giving up. Like you just need to learn from it and move on and and keep doing stuff because you're going to fail again. And again, I've been doing my business now for six years at, at the agency Electric Eye, and I've been freelancing since I don't want to admit how old I am. Um, I've made so many mistakes, but the best thing is, is like none of them are detrimental. None of them are really going to ruin your business. You're going to learn from it as long as you have like people skills. You can like make things right. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. So to sum up your question, uh, it, your your answer uh, it would be to focus your your effort, be passionate and patient, and basically don't give up. Um, yeah, you make it. You I make think... me sound a lot better than I am. <laughs> that was very concise. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay, 
Um, so now I know we're all sick and tired of the topic of the pandemic. <laughs> um, I know, but it's hard to ignore it given how much it has boosted online shopping. On the other hand, it has also dramatically increased consumer expectations of online stores, right? So Absolutely. many people now want the speed and convenience of Amazon from small e-commerce brands. So my question for you is, how can merchants tackle this challenge? Is there anything they can offer that Amazon can't? Absolutely. So the coolest thing about having your own store, you know, on whatever platform, obviously I'm going to say you Shopify because it's great, but um, you know, any platform, whatever, is that you have full control over the user experience, the customer journey, and more importantly, the customer relationship and, and, and how you interact in the customer service. Like those are things that Amazon isn't going to budge on. Their experience is the same for everybody. Um, you know, the product pages all kind of look the same. There's a little bit of areas where you can tweak them. The customer journey is always the same. Um, and Amazon won't budge. But on your own website, you can build out beautifully tailored educational content that really speaks to the features and benefits and problems that your product solves. You can build out awesome retargeting strategies through like email, SMS, paid ads that speak to the same things. And that's something that Amazon won't do. And then, you know, the real key here is truly being passionate about your customers. Amazon's at a scale where the customers are kind of secondary to the business right. model now. And they will never be as nice as your reps or yourself if you're still answering those emails can be to your customers. And just listening to your customers and iterating upon their feedback is something that Amazon doesn't really do. Yeah, no, that's I I totally agree. And I also think too that, you know, you you have to think that because of the change and everything, people do want that personal, just like you said, that personal experience, like they're actually working with someone real. Even though it's online, they want it. You know, we 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 want to be in a real world, yet be able to still work online. You know, so I mean, I think that's a big thing. Another challenge, um, also, uh, Chase, that we have on our blog and podcast, uh, and actually, I'm very passionate about this too, is bringing people back to your store, right? So you know, it's it's expensive, it's difficult. Whenever you got to get out and get someone as a as a first time buyer or visitor, getting them into your store uh, or as a customer, um, you know. But uh, you know, turning an existing customer into a returning buyer, um, what's your take on this? You know, what, what's the best ways for brands to create that loyal audience of returning customers? Uh, you, uh, it's hilarious because we see this all the time with brands that are talking to us for like consulting, and it's like they're scared to like even just send the email. They they have the email and they're scared to send the email. It's like if you're adding value to your customer's life, like they don't care. You're adding value to their day. Like reach out. They want to hear from you. Um, and also, I mean, just so much low low hanging fruit. I kind of hate that term, but it's it's real. Like you can build out really simple retargeting strategies through Facebook and Instagram uh, that will return well for your brand. If you're organically getting people to visit your websites or your other marketing efforts are bringing people in in a way that's affordable and you're not retargeting them, you're spending so much more money per sale than you would if you started to build out the other kind of retargeting strategies further down the funnel. Also yeah. want to do that through email and SMS. Like those, let those really do the heavy listing. Like one of the most simple funnels to build out for like an e-commerce brand is find a good way to do prospecting at the top of the funnel. Through like paid acquisition, so Facebook or Google Shopping or TikTok, whatever you're using at the top of the funnel, 
you know, you got to go where your customers are. You got to think about that. Mm-hmm. But you find a good way to bring people to your website. And then you have a, a good position to offer to get people onto your email list. Maybe it's like, it doesn't always have to be like a discount. You know, most people always mm-hmm. default to the discount, but it could be like, uh, you know, free shipping on your first purchase or free gift with your first purchase. That one, that one's great. Or you know, maybe you give away uh, a, a bundle every month of your product. You know, sign up to maybe get the bundle. Like, there's a bunch of ways to do it, but you get their contact information, and then you let your email automations do the heavy lifting. You walk them through a welcome series that kind of lets them know who you are. You win the trust. You talk about the features and the benefits and the value proposition, and you walk them through that whole thing. So you're priming them to be able to buy. You know, when you really go for that right hook, as Gary Vee would say, and, and ask for the mm-hmm. sale. Yeah. Thank you, Chase, for your very detailed answer. (laughs) And would you name some of your favorite e-commerce tools you typically recommend to your customers? Yeah, I was kind of alluding to email automation just a second ago. I mean, mm-hmm. we're 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 Clavio Gold Partners, and we're we're pretty fancy when it comes to that. Um, some other tools that, you know, if you're thinking about subscription, Recharge is probably the best uh, in in the bunch there. Um, obviously, Shopify is my favorite e-commerce tool. Um, you know, and there's just the one thing I will say about the tools in general is. Uh, a tool without a strategy is useless. So you still got you have to be very uh, particular about the apps you install in your store. Um, you know, if you install an app on your store, it's installing another JavaScript call, and then when you press uninstall, it's not removing that code. So if you're testing a bunch of apps, you're basically making your website worse and worse and slower and slower, and it's more detrimental. And and I'll tell you right now, no developer wants to go in there and clean up that code. Uh, so be very thoughtful about the apps that you use on your store. Thank you. Um, so I would like to link back to that human factor we were talking about earlier. Um, my next question is really uh, interesting for me because part of my job is to answer our customers' questions, concerns, and solve their issues using our chat service. So I'm a real person behind the computer. And uh, here comes my question. Uh, what do you think of chatbots? I, I have an idea about what you may think about it, but I'd like to hear it um, from you. Uh, it depends, which is the answer most consultants will say. Like, Are you going to do the work and build out a chatbot sequence that speaks to your customer journey and the questions that you're actually, your customers are going to have? Or are you just going to turn on some, some things and let it run and it be like a bad experience? Like, You're probably not going to see the results that you want. Like, like I just, you know, every tool without a strategy is useless. So you got to think about it. Um, I think that chatbots are amazing, and I've seen amazing results for them uh, for some of our clients, for uh, other consultants I know in the industry. Like, really love to use them. Um, and even beyond that, just live chat in general, it does work. But you know, you gotta you you have to man it with the tool power to answer the questions that your customers could have. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say about the the chatbot thing is that I think the the biggest challenge I can't stand going to websites and, you know, like, Hey, you know, there's a live person and you're like, this is great. And you hit the chat and they're like, but they won't be back until tomorrow morning, you know? And it clearly, you know, that's understandable because if you have a live person, there's gotta be someone there all the time. So I mean, I think chat box can be very useful, but you're right at the same time. I mean, you know, the, sometimes you type in, we don't understand your answer, your question. So it makes a yeah. lot of sense. I think if you have a very, small skew count and it's very easy to know what the questions will be about you can be mm-hmm. pretty well armed from an automation standpoint but if you have like 
a larger SKU count or there's a lot of variables to your product, it might get a little more difficult to have a coherent autoresponder. Yeah. No, definitely. All right, man. Well, hey, listen, this has been great. Um, I have one last question for you. Um, and it's on shopping cart abandonment. Uh, you know, we know that it's virtually inevitable, you know, that we know that abandoned rates can be over 80% for certain industries. Um, it's a lot of money left on the table. What are three key uh, steps brands can take to, you know, reduce the number of abandonment and carts to their stores? Absolutely. I think the first one is uh, kind of it happens on your product page is answer the questions that your customer is going to have about your product. Like half of cart abandonment is like, I don't understand if this is going to solve my problem. So go the extra mile and make sure that the information's there. You know, talk about your and then de-risk the uh, the transaction as well. What that means is kind of just be like have a shipping policy and a return policy and shipping charges that make sense and that are you know that your customers actually want to do it. Um, I think another thing that you can do to reduce the number of abandoned carts is like don't use the one out of the box on Shopify. Use another app. Like you can send way better abandoned cart emails, mm-hmm. and beyond that, you can send more than one. Uh, that's where the real money is. You know, we're, we see touch points of two to three touches for abandoned cart. Again, kind of it's got to be strategic about it, and it, it really has to do, come down to your product and your offering and all that. Um, but yeah, those are. I think that was that was like two and a half answers. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. Um, I actually do something crazy. I use. Um, uh, I came up with this story about toasting to the person's success uh, as they were purchasing the product, but then when they decided not to, I was frustrated and I threw the bottle of champagne and it it almost hit my cat and my cat was really angry at me and uh, I did this whole thing and I had to tell you I get so many responses from people who send me back an email, right? Just want to talk about it. They're like, that, that like email was crazy. Cause I, you know, cause from the, uh, the card abandonment, then you strike up a conversation with them. Right. And, and then you have those touch points and now they become more a part of your family. If you want to look at it that way. So yeah, um, you can have fun with that, it too. You can ask them why they didn't check out. And now you're just doing CRO mm-hmm. in like a very one-on-one way. And you're getting that insight from the customer then you use those insights to make your product page better and to answer their questions or you know understand maybe maybe you know there's absolutely there's nothing wrong with your product just the mark there was something off with the marketing and they should have never been there right. in the first place you know what i mean no absolutely thank you chase for all of your answers uh, it was very informative and i'm sure your advice will help our listeners make better decisions and grow their stores faster Absolutely, man. Thank you. And, and what would be the best way for them to reach you? You know, if they have any questions or need your help. Absolutely. Uh, if you know you're liking what we have to say, you can head over to electriceye.io. Uh, you can click on contact and apply to work with us, and uh, we'll hop on a strategy call and see if uh, we're a good fit to help you grow. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. This was Chase Climber, thank and thank you for joining us today, my friend. It was a blast talking to you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Starting an e-commerce business may seem very timely today, but it also brings its share of challenges, and we've covered some of them today. Follow the link in the description to this episode and read more on this topic in our blog. You're listening to Get Site Control Insider. Remember to subscribe. Until next time.